0: Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter five, verses 21 through 43. You can follow along in your bulletin. Jesus crossed the lake again, and on the other side, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. When When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, my daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman who was there had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a lot under the care of doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd And touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately. And she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, don't you see the crowd pressing against you? And yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus looked around and, and carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward. Knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. While still Jesus was still speaking with her, messengers from the synagogue's leader's house came to Jairus saying, Your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John. They came to the synagogue's leader's house and they saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, what's all this commotion about and crying about? The child isn't dead, she's only sleeping. They laughed at him, but he threw them all out. Then, taking the child's parents and his disciples with him, he went into the room where the child was. Taking her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means, young woman, get up. Suddenly, the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. They were shocked. He gave them strict orders that no one should know what had happened. Then he told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. She had spent everything. The woman had sold her house, spent down her savings, and even tapped into her 401K. She went to some of the world's best clinics, the Cleveland Clinic, Mayo, Cedars-Sinai, John Hopkins. None of them were able to help her. She was rendered ritually unclean, which meant no one came near to her, not her children, not her friends, not even her own mother. Everyone had to keep away or become unclean as well. The woman had done everything possible and almost lost hope. Almost. She had heard of this Jesus. She knew that he healed people of various diseases. She even heard that he had healed someone from a legion of demons. She was aware that Jesus was in town and she decided to go to see what was going on, partly out of curiosity, but partly because she wondered and hoped that maybe Jesus could heal her. She did not want to make a fuss. She did not want to be the center of attention, but she believed that she could just touch part of his clothing maybe she could be healed. She believed that this man was a godly man and believed that God could heal her through this man. She had hope that maybe, just maybe, he could do something that none of the doctors could do. So she walks to the center of town and she encounters a large crowd. She pushes through the mass of people She could see Jesus up ahead and quickened her pace. She didn't want to lose track of him. She finally gets close enough to see that she could reach out. And that's when she did it. She touched his clothing. And immediately at that moment, she could feel that she was healed. She felt a sense of wholeness, something that she had not felt In over a decade, she meets Jesus, who calls her forward and calls her daughter and says that her faith is what healed her daughter. That word meant something to her. She had spent 12 years alone and isolated, that someone now could call her daughter made her feel like she was part of the human race again the woman leaves the crowd with a spring in her step she is healed but even though she knows this she also knows there are challenges she has to rebuild her credit she needs to find a job all of that will take time and it will test her But the thing is, she has hope. She had an encounter with Jesus who was revealed to her as hope incarnate and made her whole. Jairus was one of the leaders in the local synagogue. He was well known in town and well versed. He was someone that people knew well. He was kind to everyone that he met. He was a good husband to his wife and a good father to his daughter. He even did what he did, could help do to help those who were poor or who were unclean. In his view, those that were unclean, unclean might be that way, but they still mattered to God. Sometimes the other religious leaders would complain about this man called Jesus. They were upset that he dared to heal someone on the Sabbath. Now Jairus wasn't crazy about that either, but he also thought the complaints of the other religious leaders were rather silly. Should someone be condemned for using the gifts God has given them to help others, even on the Sabbath. One day he gets a phone call from his wife. It is their daughter, she says. She collapsed in school and she had a high fever. Their daughter was now in the hospital. Jairus dropped everything and raced to the hospital and met up with his wife. The doctor comes forward and tells them the news that they did not want to hear. Their daughter had contracted a viral infection that was wreaking havoc on her body. She had a temperature of 103 and her lungs were filling up with fluid. The doctor said that they could do what they could to get the fever down and maybe do something to help empty the lungs. But the doctor also stressed that things were not good. She believed that the likelihood was high that the daughter would not survive past the weekend. The parents were devastated. How could this have happened? Why did it happen? All that they could do now is wait. Days pass. The doctors perform an operation to relieve the pressure on her lungs, but she is still not well, and she is in a medically induced coma. One day, Jairus hears the news about the arrival of the rabbi Jesus in town. He had to believe that this man could do what the doctors could not. So he tells his wife that he will be back, and he makes his way to where he believed Jesus was staying. He sees Jesus in the hotel lobby and and begs for him to heal his daughter. Jesus agrees, and they make their way to the hospital in his car. But however. Since the news media have told about the arrival of Jesus, people have started to swarm in the town square. And they swarm. When they see that Jesus is in Jairus' car, they swarm the car. Jesus motions Jairus to leave the car and to get out and that they will walk the rest of the way. It was the only way that they could do that around all of these people. Jesus notes that someone has touched him. And Jairus sees a middle-aged woman come forward and notices how Jesus welcomes her and tells her that she is healed. And Jairus has a bit of hope. Maybe Jesus could do something for his daughter. But then his phone rings. It is his wife. She hears He hears her quiet sobs and he knows that there's bad news. She tells him that their daughter had died half hour ago. And Jairus falls to the ground. His hope had been shattered. There was nothing that Jesus could do now. Jesus looks at him as if He knows what Jairus is thinking. And he tells Jairus to get up. And they continue together to the hospital. When they arrive, they enter the daughter's room, which is filled with friends and relatives. And he asks that everyone leave, except for the girl's parents. He then prays for the daughter. And Jairus is confused. How in the world, what was he going to do? Did he expect that this, this girl was going to come back to life again? But then his confusion gave way to overwhelming joy. He saw his daughter's eyes open and she stood up in her bed. Jesus had told Jairus that hope was not in vain. Even when everything had been exhausted, even when their daughter was dead, God was present to bring hope. In the second letter to the uh, the Corinthians, Paul notes that because he has hope, he can act with confidence confidence. The writer of Hebrews echoes that by saying, but Jesus was faithful over God's house as a son. We are his house if we hold on to the confidence and the pride that our hope gives us. In this passage, Jesus is revealed to both the woman and to Jairus as hope, not necessarily hope in a, as in a happy ending, but hope for healing, even when the facts tell you otherwise. The woman with the hemorrhage had nothing left. She had done everything she could possibly do. The only thing that she had to rely on was Jesus. Jairus was even in a worse shape because his daughter Was dead. And dead means dead. There was nothing more that could be done, but yet hope shows up and brings his little girl back to life. I remember years ago that someone had asked the well known professor uh, Cornell West if he was optimistic about the times that he was living in. He responded, He was not optimistic, but he was hopeful. He knew that things could get bad. He knew that there could be challenging times, but there was still hope that things could change. This was not a sunshine faith, but a hope that even in the midst of dark times, there is something that says that evil will not have the last word. It may not be now. It may not even be in our lifetimes. But it will end. Hope is not believing that the sun will come out tomorrow, but that it will come out. That cloudy days will not last forever. We today do not live in optimistic times. Our nations and our world are going through great difficulties. But even though they are not optimistic times, they are hopeful times. These days, I think a lot about our congregation. How can our congregation survive and thrive Do we have enough money? Do we have enough people to do God's work in the world? In some ways, our community, our congregation can sometimes feel like the woman or like Jairus, that we have tried everything and everything and nothing changes. At least that's how I feel many times. The thing is, we also serve a God of hope. We will feel uncertain, but we know that the God of hope comes and reminds us that we still have a mission to do in God's world. Last week, there was a story that took place that many many people probably did not notice. And it was a story about a Methodist church in the southwest corner of the state, near Sioux Falls, South Dakota. The name of the church is Magnolia United Methodists. And they they had hired on a retired Methodist minister, Nancy Manning. She was called to come and to pastor to this dwindling congregation that had about 20 in worship. And when she talked to the congregation about what the mission of the church was, one member spoke up and said, our mission is to keep the doors open. Of course, everyone in this congregation was wondering if they were were going to survive, they were down to 20 at worship, and, but Reverend Manning told them to trust God. She said, yes, you can. God is not going to leave you alone in this process. We just need to be patient and faithful. So she looked for ways that the church could be more outward facing. And minister with the community. And that meant things like volunteering at the local food pantry or working with other social service organizations, such as another nonprofit that worked with homeless youth. All the while, she told them that the mission of this congregation was more than about keeping the doors open, she urged the congregation to discern what God wanted them to do. And the result was that there has been some changes. There are now a little bit about 30 in worship, and there are more children. Now, this is not a happily ever after ending of the story. There are still challenges. But there is also hope. Hope in knowing that God did not leave them alone hope in knowing that even when things are uncertain and scary, that there is a God that cares. There is a God that is faithful. The woman was healed of her hemorrhage, but she still had challenges. The healing did not solve everything. Death meant, seemed permanent for Jairus' daughter, But that wasn't the end of the story. The hope is that God is always present. God is present with the woman. God is present with Jairus. And God is present with us. No matter what we face in this world, as ourselves or as a congregation... We have hope, and we have a hope that we believe will spur us to move forward, knowing that we have a mission to do in God's world. No matter how big we are, no matter how much money in the bank, the God that is revealed in Jesus Christ is a God that gives us hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.